Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, week one in a message series called You'll Be Glad You Did. What we're going to be looking at today and for the next several Sundays is a concept called wisdom. You guys have heard that word, but maybe you don't quite know exactly what it is. In, 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 you know, in a concise form, wisdom is what keeps us from making stupid decisions. Wisdom is what keeps us from making terrible decisions. Just, I know moments like this are easy to just pass on, but I would like participation, audience participation for this one question, yeah? Raise your hand if you have ever made a really stupid decision. Yeah, yeah, that's everybody. And if you don't have your hand up, you're either just lazy or arrogant. Uh, I can't decide which, maybe both. So um, we've all made some stupid decisions. And if you ever look backwards, if you ever go back in time and kind of, you know, like look at that thing and, and, and recreate what you did and you ever look at, oh, how did I end up here? What was I thinking? If you ever had a moment like that, what you are observing in your past is a lack of wisdom, right? That's what happens. Wisdom helps us to not make stupid decisions. Wisdom is a set of insights informed by the knowledge that life is connected. Wisdom is a set of insights informed by the knowledge that life is connected. Your life is connected. You can't compartmentalize things. We're being foolish if we think what I do in this area of my life isn't going to touch this area of my life or that area of my life or this area of my life. I'll just keep this over here and it won't affect anything like this. Your life is connected. All the different parts of you touch each other, every other part of your psyche and what is done in one component of your life affects everything else. Your life is connected chronologically. Also, which is to say, what you did in the past touches today. What you did in the past, the decisions you made in the past are now determining your current reality. And the decisions you're making now are going to dictate your future reality. These things are all connected. The different parts of who you are, the different areas of your life, the timeline of your life, it's all connected. Wisdom is a set of insights formed by the knowledge that life is connected. Another very simple way to say all of that is this. What happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. It doesn't ever stay in Vegas. It comes home with you and it, it, it still impacts you. So wisdom is, is a set of rules, not a set of rules, sorry, a set of insights informed by the knowledge that life is connected. If you have kids, you have at some point had a talk with them that goes something like this. Okay, look, so far it really hasn't been a big deal, but you're getting to a point now where these grades count. You ever had that conversation with your kids? These, nobody? These grades count. If you're smart, you'll have that, that conversation with your kids because short of that conversation, they may not realize that life is connected. A lot of times a kid, you know, their horizon is very short, so they don't realize what they're doing now. Like, they don't get the big picture. And the big picture for you is, 
The grades you're getting now are going to determine your academic options later. And your academic options later are going to determine your employment options later. And your employment options and academic options later are going to dictate who you meet in life. And who you meet in life is going to dictate and determine who you marry. And who you marry is going to determine who your in-laws are. And if you marry somebody I don't like and I don't like their in-laws, that's going to affect me. So get good grades. That's where your brain is going, right? Now, your kid is not down the road like that, but you have an image of that kid living in your basement at 30, and you're like, study now! Because you've lived long enough to know that life is connected. Your kid doesn't know that. The horizon is very short, so the tendency is to say, what I do now, it's not going to matter. This doesn't matter. It's no big deal. I'm just going to have a good time now and not not do what I need to do now. And it won't really affect me down the road. You, in theory, know better. Everybody with me? Wisdom. A set of insights informed by the knowledge that life is connected. Hopefully you're not living, hopefully you're not living like A young student who's thinking, whatever I do now, it's not going to impact me in the future. We all raised our hand when we said we've made some bad decisions. So most of us, don't you love it when the timing's perfect on something like that? Most of us have lived life long enough to receive the benefits of some good decisions we've made. Yes, hopefully you've lived long enough, you made a good decision somewhere in your past, and, and once in a while you get to celebrate that moment. You go, you go oh man, that was, uh, that was a good call when I did that. And you, maybe you got somebody around, that was a good day when you, when you, uh, when you, when you took this job instead of that one, when, you, when, you, when, when she said yes to marry you, buddy, you did good. You, know, you, you, make, you make good decisions, you live long enough hopefully to see, to, to have moments where you go, you know, I'm glad I did. But we've also lived long enough, all of us, to reap the negative consequences of bad decisions we've made. And when that happens, you're probably observing a lack of wisdom. Now, wisdom isn't really about rules, right? Uh, It's not about rules. Wisdom is about knowing how the rules work and how to interact with them. For example... Uh, This could be just, well, there's rules, and there's right and wrong, and you have to obey the rules. And I could give you a sermon like that, but you already know where the rules are. Wisdom is what tells you how to interact with the rules. For example, what is the speed limit right now on the LIE? Oh, you already know where I'm going with this. What's the speed limit? 55 miles an hour. That's not the minimum That's the maximum. That's the law. That's the rule. Now, I'm sure in a room this size, there's one of you. Last service, I did this. I said, uh, anybody just never go above 55 miles an hour because that's the rule? And there were actually two people who raised their hand. And I said, you're in the wrong church. Beat it. I didn't say that, but I thought it. Anyway, um, so most of us probably know, okay, the rule is 55 intelligence tells you the rule is 55. Wisdom tells you if I go 55 miles an hour, I'm going to cause an accident. That's how it is. Unless you're driving in the right right lane and people are going around you, you know, like, so intelligence and wisdom are two different things. Wisdom gives us a grid through which to run questions. Anytime you're you're uh, at a crossroads anytime you're interacting with a, t- a difficult decision to make 
you need to ask this question. What's the wise thing to do? Over and over and over again in our kids' ministry, we try to reinforce this. This is what we're t- telling your sons and daughters, your, your, your kids in, in, in our kids' ministry. I need to make the wise choice. What's the wise move here? Don't you wish somebody was in your ear with that question years ago when you did that thing that you now regret? Some of you are like, where were you with this 10 years ago? Some of you are wondering, like, why have you never seen it through these lenses? Wisdom gives you a grid through which to ask questions. Questions like, what's the wise move here? What's the thing I'm not going to regret? Wisdom also gives you a set of guardrails, right? Guardrails are not moral imperatives. They're just a good idea. A guardrail, as I'm sure you know, is something designed to keep you back from the edge of danger. Has anybody here, this this may sound strange to you because in New York and in, in the Northeast, there's guardrails everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's like plexiglass and ropes and you can't, you can't go places because somebody fell and they sued somebody or somebody, you know. So there's all guardrails and, and, and stuff. But there are places in this country and in the world where there aren't guardrails. Um, I remember vividly taking a drive uh, years and years ago. I was in California and I drove over the San Bernardino Mountains and there are places on these mountain passes where there are no guardrails, where there's nothing between you and the cliff but a gravel shoulder. And I'm going to tell you, when you're driving on one of those roads, you don't drive distracted. Man, I was like, I don't care how many times my cell phone goes off. I am white knuckling this, this. I'm not taking my eyes off nothing. You know what I'm saying? When there's no guardrails, you, you, you operate differently, you think differently because it sets you on edge. A guardrail keeps you back from the danger zone, right? A guardrail keeps you back from the edge of disaster. So a guardrail isn't a moral imperative. It's not a question of sin or morality or ethics. It's a matter of wisdom. Give you an example. I have a friend, a female friend, who not too long ago took a business trip to Chicago. This uh, person's marriage was not doing real well. And she found out and learned that her college boyfriend lived in the Chicagoland area and that he was currently single. She learned this because she was stalking him on Facebook. And that's a thing that many of you have done, right? Uh, Many of us, at some point or another, don't raise your hand on this one. (laughs) But many of us have looked up our ex on Facebook, right? Or Instagram. You know, what are they doing? How do they look? Who did they marry? What happened? You know, it's something that you've done before. And and this woman, her marriage was in trouble. She was equipped with the knowledge that her ex-boyfriend lived in the Chicagoland area. And she thought to herself, I'll just meet him for coffee. I'll just meet him for coffee. Now, has she sinned? Maybe if she deceived her husband, if it's a betrayal, then it's, you could argue that way. But let's, for the sake of argument, say, just for the moment, that this behavior is in the clear. Even if it's not a sin, it's incredibly unwise. There should be a guardrail there. You don't meet 
an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend alone for coffee in a different city if your marriage isn't doing well. That's like, it's like, it's a simple thing. It's not a, it's not a question of ethics or, or morality. It's just a guardrail. It's wisdom. That's foolish. You know why? Because after you meet for coffee, you'll meet up later for a drink. Oh, <laughs> snap. And then it'll be two drinks. And then you'll go to leave and it'll be raining. And he'll have an umbrella and she won't. And so he'll walk her to her car. And then because it's raining, she doesn't want him to have to drive to walk back to his car. So she's going to drive him to his car. And now they're in the car together. And pretty soon, I mean, cut to a scene of her. And I don't know that this happened. In fact, I'm pretty sure it didn't happen. But go down the road with yourself. Pretty soon, she's having a conversation with her husband and saying, I just don't know how it happened. One thing led to another. I didn't mean for this to happen. It wasn't that she started off saying, I'm going to go cheat on my husband. She just said, I'll get one step closer to the edge. I'll get one step closer to the gravel. I'm not, I'm going to ignore the place where the guardrail should be. And anyone, if there was a guardrail at any one of these different points along the way, isolated incidents, none of which was catastrophic in and of itself, but which combine to form something awful. That's where wisdom comes in. Wisdom, wisdom gives us guardrails. It helps us operate within bounds. Now, some of you are already, you know, I, I can see thought bubbles. A few of you are like, okay, why are we talking about this in church? This just sounds like self-help stuff. You know, uh, where does Jesus come into this? Jesus comes into this immediately because Jesus's invitation to you and to every person that he met in the New Testament did not begin with belief. Jesus never said, okay, I want you to believe this, and I want you to believe that, and I want you to believe that, and then we'll get involved. Jesus' invitation came in the form of two words. Follow me. You, you guys in the boat, follow me. You there in the tax collector booth, follow me. Follow me. Come with me on this journey. Let's walk together. The belief will come later. And that's, that's the way our church has been set up. That's, that's where it's at. We don't say, well, you need to go, you need to believe a bunch of stuff and you need to behave a certain way and you need to do this and do that and do that before you can jump in. We say, look, we're all on this journey together. We're all followers of Jesus. We all want to go further up and further in with Jesus. We all just want more of him. But if you're new, like you're, this is, this is your second time here. You came at Christmas and you thought, oh, okay, Captain Hook thing was cute. Let's see what he says on a non-holiday Sunday. Let's see what this church brings on a regular, let's just go, and that's you. And now you're here today, and you would not necessarily self-identify as a Christian. You wouldn't necessarily say that you believe much of anything, but you're curious, and you're, you're starting to follow. Belief is not necessary to follow. You start following. That's what happened to these guys. They start following. They believe later. Belief comes on the path. So we, the invitation to you is follow him. We're all following him. Join us in following him. And if you do, if you do, if you follow him, you're going to see things happen. 
You're going to watch as your life changes. This is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who bears my, I'm sorry, who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Phones, people. Okay, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So what juxtaposition is Jesus making here between the wise and the foolish builder? First of all, the analogy doesn't work in our culture because if, there's a, if you buy a piece of land and you want to build a house on it and there's a big rock in the middle of it, you don't build on it. You pay a lot of money to have that rock excavated. We make our own rock. We pour concrete. So it doesn't quite, the analogy doesn't quite work. But back when the Bible was written, you wanted to put your, hand on, your house on something solid. You wanted to find ground that, that would support the structure. And that was also important because where there isn't rock, uh, the ground is arid. It was so dry and so arid there that when the rains come and they come all at once in a hurry, floodwaters rise and a lot of stuff is washed away. So the wise and foolish builder is not just, okay, uh, build your house on me. That is what Jesus is saying. But, but he's also saying there's a common sense principle here. The guy who built his house on sand is behaving as if life is not connected. He's behaving as if life is not connected. Here's a, here's a, a very simple, like, axiom. Guardrail, if you will, for wisdom. Don't trade what you want most for what you want now. You heard me say that before? Don't trade what you want most for what you want now. For example, what you want most is to be financially solvent and to pay off your debts. But what you want now is that car. What you want most is to have a thriving, wonderful, beautiful, exciting marriage. But what you want now is him or her. Don't trade what you want most for what you want now. The guy in the analogy isn't living as if life is connected. He's just saying, well, you know, this is easy. It's simple. The, uh, the materials are here. It's inexpensive. I've got access to them. Let me just build it. It'll probably be fine. I'm not going to worry about it. He's just operating as if it doesn't matter. He's living as if life is disconnected. That's a lack of wisdom. Wisdom is a set of insights informed by the knowledge that life is connected how it works. So the guy in the, in the analogy isn't just stupid because he built his house in the wrong place. It's because he's living as if life is disconnected. And if you follow me, says Jesus, you're going to find that your life is built on something better, something solid. 
And all of that, all of that following and learning comes before you start even believing that he's the son of God. It's just, it it happens while you're on the path. And that's what we're invited into, each one of us. Understand something else too, and this this uh, this is important. What we're looking for here isn't just wisdom, it's applied wisdom. It's the application of wisdom that we're after. Some of you, let's get back to kids for a minute. Some of you have with your kids at some point heard the following phrase or a reasonable facsimile thereof. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, okay, mom, I know, I know. Thank you, I know, I know. You know, honey, you have to take out the garbage. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, kid, what your mom is trying to say, I know, I know, I know. You've heard that. Kids say that a lot. I know, I know, I know. But does that change behavior? No, it doesn't. Knowing is not enough. Have any of you ever tried to have a difficult conversation with a friend where you had to correct them on something or call them out on something? And that's, that's not an easy thing to do. But if you find the courage to do that, you might hear something similar. Hey, listen, um, I'm just concerned. You've been drinking a lot lately. And I just want to make sure you're okay. Oh, no, I know. I, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Hey, man, you need to quit vaping. That's really bad for you. I, I know, I know. Yeah, thanks. I, I get it, sure. I know, I know. You've heard people say that when they're called out on something. I know, I know, I know. Where are you saying, I know, I know. Where are you saying, yeah, I'll get to it. I know, I I should. What are you doing that you need to quit doing? What are you not doing that you need to start doing? Make that change today. Apply the wisdom today. Somebody came up to me between services and they, you know, I was talking about don't trade what you want most for what you want now. And somebody came up to me between services. Yeah, you forgot the most obvious one. Like, like I really want to be thin, but right now I want a donut. I was like, yeah, I didn't say that. It's a little too close to home, bro. Easy. You know, you know why? Because I know, I know, I know. Because I'm right with you in this. Because we're all on this path together and we all struggle the same. And whether you've been at it for decades or whether you're brand new to the path, we're all following Jesus. And what we want to see as we go further up and further into our relationship with him is a life that reflects the wisdom he gives us. And it's, it's a It's a beautiful thing when your sins are forgiven. Oh, man. There's just nothing better than making a new start with Jesus. For some of you, that's old news. And for others of you, you're not quite ready for that yet. It'll come. That's on the path. That's right there. But the entrance isn't that. The entrance is follow me and watch what happens to your life. Let's discover this together. My hope for myself 
is that I learn from this as I preach it. That I quit going, I know, I know, I know. And that maybe you will too in whatever area of life God's convicting you. Because when you put up some guardrails and you ask, what's the wise choice? And you follow God in wisdom. You'll be glad you did. Pick it up right here for part two next week. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we're so grateful that we have your word to inform us and to lean in. And Father, for those of us who have been at this for years and years and decades, we pray fresh eyes on this concept, a new look at where our lives need to operate in wisdom. And for those of us who are new, Father, for those here or listening who are brand new to the path, I pray that as they follow one step at a time and put these things into into practice that you teach, that they'll see and feel their lives drawing closer to you and that they'll see actual difference in what happens in their days. I want that for me and I want that for each of us, Father. But we all have this tendency to, to grab what we want now at the expense of what we want most. Father, what we want most is to go further up and further in with our relationship with you. We want more and more of you, Jesus. So may that be true in all of our lives as we follow. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.